Cycle School. Hi, I'm Shaky, and these are my tales of times forgotten. This is Shaky Subject Matter. Alright everybody, SHKE Radio coming to you live from Studio 306 in Pool, Illinois is on the air again. I'm Shaky, along with my currently ninja-garbed co-host, Fez Barlow. Quit trying to hide over there and get over here and sit down. Tonight's episode is about a TV show from 1984 that lasted 13 episodes. One of my personal favorites. It was on NBC on Friday nights, and it was called The Master. John Peter McAllister, the only Occidental American ever to achieve the martial arts discipline of a ninja. Once part of a secret sex, he wanted to leave, but was marked for death by his fellow ninjas. He's searching for a daughter he didn't know he had. Pursued by Okasa, once the master's student, now sworn to kill him. master found a new student. That's me, Max Keller. But we knew Acosta would be behind us, in the shadows, ready to strike again. That was the beginning of every show. Occidental Ninja, John Peter McAllister, as played by one Lee Van Cleve, who we know from the movie Escape from New York at this time, not quite remembering about another movie, which I'll bring up later. And his sidekick, Max Keller, is played by Tim Van Patten, who is the half-brother of Dick Van Patten of Eight is Enough. And for those of you out there that don't know what Occidental means, because I didn't either, <laughs> I had to look it up, it means Western. So they used a fancy word for Western, for Lee Van Cleef. And, of course, student chasing down the rogue master, Okasa, is played by the greatest ninja on film of all time, Shogushugi. So the show starts off with John McAllister fighting his way out of a ninja clan to escape on a private plane he had waiting for him, and then Okasa throws a shuriken in his back as he goes to take off. And for all you out there that don't know what a shuriken is, it's a projectile weapon shaped like a star with razors on the edges that you throw at somebody to hurt them. Anyway, John Peter McAllister escapes and lands his plane at the airport in Ellerston, Illinois, the last known location his daughter was seen at. He goes to a local bar to ask questions and starts getting hassled by people in the bar, and Max Keller is also in there, and he goes to assist the master and ends up getting in a big bar fight, and the master has to calm everything down with his ninja abilities, and they take off into his 1980s, conversion van with a hamster named Henry living in it in the dashboard on a hamster wheel cage. And they take off. And then the fun ensues for the show, The Master. That's how they met. Champagne, sir. Yeah, no, thank you. Could you get me some fruit juice? Yes, sir. John Peter McAllister. Well, well. Mallory, is that still the name you're using? It's as good as any. I wouldn't have thought a Southern California garden party was quite your style. And what style would that be? The austerity, the dedication, 
The discipline of a ninja master. Of a killer. You'll never get rid of that thought, will you, Mallard? Why should I? Your pupils have gone back to the glory of the old days. Political assassination. Paid killers. A young man named Okasa. He is no longer my pupil. Of course not. Now you've taught him how to kill. He doesn't need you anymore. Or does he? I left that way of life behind me. What are you doing here? You're invited, pal. A new pupil? The name's Max Keller. The last we heard, you were killed in Japan. News of my death is somewhat exaggerated. And here you are in Los Angeles, on the eve of a European summit. Just passing through. Like I said, pal, we were invited to a party. That's all. Enjoy it. You know that guy? Mallory, a spy. He infiltrated my school in Japan. Became aware of the subversive ninja activities. By Okasa, not by you. You'd have to prove that to him. What's he doing here? Protecting the guest list. From who? Men like me. Anyway, this show goes on for 13 episodes, and it jumps around. Like, every three episodes, it changes a little bit. Like, the first three episodes, it was just kind of normal. And then they started bringing in a character. They brought in a girl who was a truck driver. And then she went and left with them for a couple episodes. And then she disappeared. And then they started putting in uh, different sound effects through to towards the end of the series. And they also jumbled around the uh, showtime of the series. It would be on at 7 o'clock, it would be on at 8 o'clock. It would be on at 7 o'clock, it would be on at 8 o'clock. And they kept pairing different shows with it up until it ended in August 1984. And I really enjoyed this show a lot, mostly because of all the ninja action going on and all the different weapons and stuff. It was a big time for ninjas in '84. I believe I remember going to a Osco drug and finding a Storm Shadow G.I. Joe figure and getting very excited about that and bringing it home because the same time, I believe it was around St. Patrick's Day, Dad had recorded Enter the Ninja for me on the VHS player, so I was watching that, and the master was on before, and then he had G.I. Joe Ninja, then he had Revenge of the Ninja, and ninjas were everywhere. So, uh, yeah, this show had some good... uh, entertainment value for me and i thought i lost it forever and uh somebody had pointed out to me that mystery science theater 3000 had done a show about it and i i've never seen it but then uh, a few years ago i bought a 50 martial arts dvd pack and it had a few of the episodes combined as a film called the master ninja that was pretty that was pretty cool to find in that pack it allowed me to see the weekly version of revenge of the ninja once again in the 2000s which really excited me quite a bit and the best parts of those shows the master was when shogashugi would show up out of nowhere and try to kill the master and let's play a little clip of that right now Yeah! 
cheating master. Afraid of the student? He always said one day he would become the master. Well, Casa went for a big bath out the window due to the master superior techniques of ninjutsu. So, yeah, this show, I really like it. I went and I found it on DVD and I bought it this year and I enjoyed watching it. It's got everything that an 80s show should have with it, including vans, dirt bikes, CB radios, uh, truckers, uh, you name it, it's got it in there, including Ninja Masters. So, another thing about this show that is really crazy that I found out is the theme song was written and performed, I believe. I could be wrong on that. I'm no expert on these things, but it was a man named Bill Conti who did all the Rocky movies, including the song Gonna Fly Now. So let's hear that for a second.
Doesn't that just make you want to start doing some ninja moves, Fez? I see you squirming in your seat over there. Yeah? Okay, we'll settle down. So this uh, TV show ended, like I said, in August 1984. Open-ended. It was a Help the Person of the Week show. And I really think it could have done more if uh, it would have been paired up with its replacement show, which started in September in 84, called Miami Vice. So that I think that could have anchored in the master show and brought in viewers and sponsors. At least that's what I think. You can find this on YouTube. You can find some episodes. You can find that Mystery Science Theater episode, I guess. I haven't seen it yet. And you can find it on DVD and Blu-ray on Amazon. I think you should pick this one up for just the cheesy ninja of it. It's seeing like Shogashugi. It's like an extra ninja movie in those groups of ninja movies he made. And when you see series like that, it just makes you sit back and say, What is causing all this? Okay, me and Fez were talking. We figured that sometimes when I talk about things, there should be a segment where I have a lot of ideas flowing in my head that don't really congeal with what the uh, show is all about. So this is just going to be my theory on how the master was made in the 80s. Okay, now there was a movie that came out and there was this company. I'm not sure. It, it was like a tax write-off company or something that they made movies for. And in these movies, Chuck Norris was in them. Like, good guys wear black Okay, so they made a movie called The Octagon, and when they made their movies, they would blitz the commercials in the town. They only had like one or two prints of the movie, enough to put some in the theaters, but not enough to put them in all the theaters across America. So what they do is they go to the company, like Channel 9 in Chicago or whatever, and just blitz the uh, ad on. It was on all the time all the time repeating after this and then maybe after you hear this ad you'll see why i be believe this is the key to the master being made in 84 or yeah 84 no one will admit they still exist efficient killers who work in silence secrecy darkness unholy masters of terror by magic. The man he once called brother is now his deadly enemy. He must find the strength to become everything he hates. I wanted you because you could succeed. I need your help. The professional who wants targets. If you saw ninjas, you're seeing ghosts. <laughs> An heiress okay. who wants revenge. I want to know who they are. I know who they are. Everybody wants something from him. A prisoner of his own destiny. He will find freedom only one way. Ah! 
torment me anymore, Sakura. Chuck Norris, Karen Carlson, Lee Van Cleef, the Octagon. You heard that right. Chuck Norris playing Occidental Ninja in a movie with Lee Van Cleef. That's kind of weird, isn't it? Well, another weird thing about the TV series is that it starred uh, Shogashugi, who was in a little movie called Enter the Ninja, and then a little bit bigger movie called Revenge of the Ninja. The Ninja. Born of a 400-year-old tradition. Trained in the most exquisite subtleties of combat. The ninja must be as wise as he is all-powerful. For if ever a ninja gives himself over to the dark side of his art, the destruction is terrifying and absolute. Revenge of the Ninja, starring martial arts master Sho Kosugi and his son Kane Kosugi, six-year-old world karate champion. When he came to America, he put aside his weapons. I will not follow the way of the ninja. But he could not put aside his destiny as a warrior. And now, destiny has come searching for him. Two warriors, one in the service of evil, one bound by honor and vengeance, must fight to the death, because only a ninja can kill a ninja. Revenge of the Ninja, the great martial arts explosion of the 80s, comes to America with full force. So, my theory is that Michael Sloan, the man who wrote the Master television series, saw the Octagon a few years before he saw the Enter the Ninja and Revenge of the Ninja and just said, hey, I wonder if Lee Van Cleef is still around. So he probably called him up and said, hey, you interested in doing this? And this, he said, sure, I'll try it. And then they found uh, Van Patten. And then by sheer chance, Shogashugi jumped in on it, and they made the series. At least that's my theory of how it got made. I really wish it would have went a little bit longer and we could have saw what happened with Miami Vice and uh, pairing that up with Miami Vice and then bringing in different bigger guest stars. But uh, that was then. This is now. Now it's available on DVD and on YouTube. So a little bit of... Uh, Trivia about the episodes in the Master TV series. Uh, Lee Van Cleef, I didn't know it when I watched it when I was younger, but he was also in a bunch of spaghetti westerns, including one of the most famous ones, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. That's uh, I didn't know anything about Lee Van Cleef when I was 
11 or whenever the show was on, let alone that he was in uh, movies with Clint Eastwood. And another thing about the show is that Shogashugi, who you know from all the ninja films, including the movie Ninja Assassin, which I saw the movie and didn't realize it was him because he's changed so much through the years. Uh, he did a walk-on role in The Godfather Part Two. That's right. There were ninjas running around in The Godfather. And the man who wrote the series, named Michael Sloan, he went on to create the Equalizer television series and the movies, and he's writing books right now of the Equalizer, which was another one of my favorite episodes that, or ep, sorry, episodes shows that I used to watch all the time, and I have. I'm going to be doing something on in the future. Also, for all the horror fans out there, a man who played Jason Voorhees was in a walk-on role in one of the episodes. His name was Ted White, and he was in Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, I believe, in 1984. And Dick Warlock, who played Michael Myers in Halloween Part 2 and other characters in various John Carpenter films, was a talking bodyguard or waiter in an episode of The Master. That's not too shabby for a made-for-TV series. Let's hope that they reboot this one. I'd really Maybe Vince Manhattan, who is directing... TV shows for HBO, including Sopranos and Game of Thrones, could be the new master. So, and then maybe Osaka could still be chasing him with Shogashugi chasing him. Wouldn't that be an interesting TV show? Alright, well, we're going to wind this down here in Studio 306. SHKE Radio is getting ready to go off the air, and I wanted to remind everybody that I have an email... It's shakysubjectmatter at gmail.com. Please send me a letter. I haven't got one yet. And also, Fez, what are you doing over there? Get, put that down. Fez, the fire extinguisher's not a toy. Now we, you put that back down. No, you put it down. Put it down. Oh, oh. oh you, do, you don't do this in the studio. <laughs> what the fuck? What the? You just broke my TV, Fez. You get over here. Uh, you guys stay tuned for a special announcement. Good night. Fez, get over here. Hey, everybody, it's Shaky. On March 28, 2020, in Kenosha, Wisconsin's 58 Below, my friend Dr. Destruction is putting on the 36th annual Dorian Gray Art Show. Along with a bunch of artists, there's going to be some great bands like the Roosevelt Dolls and Amstel. Plus, there's going to be a first, a performance in Kenosha by the dark magician himself, Ron Fitzgerald, along with paranormal experts, and heck, even I'll be there talking about podcasting so get a hold of the doctor at area 1051 radio show at gmail.com watch crimson theater and listen to area 1051 monday through friday nights at midnight for updates on the show and if once again if you know anybody who would want to be there have them contact dr destruction at area 1051 radio show at gmail.com one of the bands playing at the show gave me permission to play one of their songs. Here it is, Skeleton Dance by the Roosevelt Dolls.
Yeah.